You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, see that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places and kept, people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe we can understand the lepers a little bit more now after COVID, because during COVID, we were treated like lepers. I remember (laughs) the evening of the day that uh, I was diagnosed with COVID. I was the first in our community, and we were over at the priest's house. And immediately, two of our senior priests in their 80s ran crazy. They were absolutely depressed. They were figuring this was death was coming close to them. This was a big concern. And I immediately had to retreat and be over in the other house, in the lake house, and be separated. And the lepers had to cry out, unclean, unclean. They had to warn the people, the burden was on them to warn people. And then they had to be, uh, uh, what was the word, certified as leper, by the priest and then declared free of leprosy if they were cured. And that's why Jesus said, go to the priest. And this was an ordinance since the community really got strong after the exodus from Egypt. So we have many stories of leprosy in the, in the Bible. Sometimes people said that it's a different thing that we have nowadays, the leprosy we have nowadays. But actually, a very interesting discovery was made in Jerusalem, which you can see the area from the Peter and Gallicanto or anywhere on the south side of the Mount of Olives, and you're on the Mount, uh, Mount Zion, and you're looking across the Gehenna Valley, and you see the monastery of Hakeldama, the field of blood, and there are Romanian sisters living there, and it's filled with graves inside, actually. But there it's very dry, and there were grave robbers broke into a grave and were to, to steal things. And this one grave then was examined by archaeologists, and I know the archaeologists who did it, Josias, and they they found out that this man did have Hansen's disease. He died from two things, tuberculosis and Hansen's disease. So these diseases were real at that time. They may have other skin problems as well, because there are many commentaries about this, that there are different skin issues. In the first reading, there was very clear. If you actually want to find something very miserable to read, (laughs) read chapter 13 of Leviticus. We just got about two, three verses, so five verses altogether, two snippets 
out of chapter 13 in Leviticus, but the whole chapter is talking about scabs and blotches and colors of skin, and it's very ugly. So if you want to read an ugly chapter today, if you're feeling too high, you can read chapter 13 of Leviticus, and it tells you, it helps you to feel the, the repugnance and the fear that people had, and therefore then the isolation that they had. And actually, this whole issue of isolation, Pope Francis has made them one of the main points of the letter, the message for the day of the sick, today, and this day of Our Lady of Lourdes as well. And so it's not to leave people alone who are sick. Because when you're sick, it's already a burden. And then if you're left alone and abandoned, Nobody talks to you, nobody comes to visit you, nobody calls you, nobody says what you need, how can I help? There are so many practical ways to be close to the sick, and that solidarity reduces the psychological burden. When we want to be happy, we bring people to our birthday party, to any kind of party. And when we, want, when we are sad, if people come together, it, it reduces our pain. When we are happy, when people come together, it multiplies our joy. That's the beauty of being together. And that's why the scripture said in the very beginning of Genesis, it's not good for the human being to be alone. And there are many people alone. And sometimes people have a tendency to be quiet and not to be so talkative, maybe to be a bit withdrawn. With great respect, we can still show them signs of, we don't have to be going around inviting them to dance every five minutes because that's not their nature. But to find ways to get close to them, to be occasionally present so they don't feel abandoned. They know there's somebody I can reach out to. There's somebody who cares about me. There's somebody who's with me. And maybe one of the biggest illnesses in our time is the breakdown of this human contact. And actually, that can lead to many more illnesses, especially sadness, loneliness, depression, low self-esteem. Because when we get out to meet others, look at the second reading of, we just had from Corinthians. And it says, I try to please everyone in every way. What happens to a person that's trying to please another person? You're thinking, what will make them happy? What gift should I get for them for their birthday? What do I need to say to them when I meet them? How do they like to see me? What joke will make them happy? So if we are thinking like this, we're no longer thinking about ourselves. And we get out of our own self-centered life. And all of us are self-centered. We have a force of gravity that draws us into ourselves. And we meet somebody, we think about how can I please another person? Not seeking my own benefit, but that of the many. This is a beautiful way to live, and it's a needed healing today in our society. To find a way to reach out, to go to meet people, even to take the burden of travel to go to meet people. The burden of leaving some of my urgent things to think of somebody, an elderly person, maybe our parents, uncles, aunts, uh, aging people, lonely people, we can do something that will change their day. And that's so beautiful. And another very beautiful thing to do is to get the grandchildren calling the grandparents. We had some visitors here the other day, and there was a little boy and uh, two, two brothers, and the, the, the little fellow and their sister. 
and the little boy was just wanted to play his his uh, his his uh, on the phone his games, and then there was a Jewish couple here with these people who were Christian, and. So I was encouraging them to call their grandparents because they were of Russian extraction. And the motivation I was giving them was so that you can learn Russian and that your grandparents would be so happy, your grandma would be very happy when you call her and you greet her in Russian because she said, my grandson speaks Russian. My grandson knows my language. What a beautiful thing. To, and then the children, afterwards the Jewish people who were also grandparent age and have grandchildren, they told me, they said they liked that very much. To, to, and even grandparents can do that as well because one grandparent can say to the children, why don't you call grandma? You should call your grandma today, she needs a call. And to make these relationships, to reach out. Just read a report of somebody who passed away in the United States, he had done an awful lot of good. And his son had organized a living wake. When he came back from hospital, all the friends were coming and they were saying goodbye and thanking. It was clear he was in his last days, but it was such a beautiful experience to find ways. And there's a lot of illness in our world that can be overcome. A lot of people today beat cancer because they're highly motivated. That's an important factor. And we all have a big share in helping others to be highly motivated. And this is a big factor, and it's part of the gift of God, because that comes from love. If we love, God is love, and that love pouring out through us will be very beneficial to everybody who is sick, who is down, who is discouraged, who is in need. We are all lepers. We all have things that people don't like. They like to stay away from us, all of us. Some people are more famous, they're influenced, everybody wants to get a selfie with them. Not everybody wants a selfie with me. So we are like shunned. Sometimes religious people are shunned in our secular world. Sometimes this kind of people are shunned, they don't talk to them, or sometimes they're in the same society, even in the same family, I don't talk to you. We, we are shunned. And that experience is very good to get inside the skin of somebody who is shunned. And it helps us also to become very sensitive to overcome that. This week also is Valentine's Day. And Valentine's is also always about friendships and relationships coming from the great history of St. Valentine, the bishop who was so kind and helped so many people. But it's uh, because of this, a group in Louisiana in 1983, I just learned about it this week, thanks to a Jewish lady. She sent me a note about it. And this Catholic group in Louisiana who started marriage renewal in 1983, they got the bishop and the governor of the state of Louisiana to declare marriage day and marriage week. And now it's spreading around the world. And there's a whole program of prayer for the United States Bishops Conference has for this week, for marriage week. And you see what marriage is. Marriage is doing what St. Paul is saying here, to give glory to God and to love each other. To think, how can I please my spouse? It's one of the most healing institutions in the world. Marriage is one of the most healing institutions in the world. Marriage suffers a lot of stress, a lot of challenges, tensions, difficulties, upsets, but marriage is in its essence the greatest healing of the world. And that's not by chance, because marriage is the sacrament of the union of Christ and the church 
the union of God for humanity, God's love for humanity and humanity's love for God. And that's the deepest healing the world needs. And that will help a lot of people um, stand on solid ground. So let us pray for all these intentions for the sick, for the marriages, for our society, for the people who are depressed and lonely, and to learn and have a culture to reach out because we know what it is to be lonely and to be shunned. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.